0: from the huntington hilltop coming to you from the 12 by 12 studio <laughs> still don't have name for that for where i'm at gotta think of something better keep forgetting until like right when we're about to start yep me too what are you I'm drinking i'm so busy
1: now that i don't have time to even produce most of these show notes during the week uh i'm drinking that ginger beer crap there's still leftovers in the fridge
0: I have a lazy magnolia sweet potato stout.
1: That sounds good. Yeah. Once I have something as sugary as a beer, I have ravenous hunger after. I haven't eaten anything the entire
0: day. you doing intermittent fasting? Yeah. Nice. What are you doing, one meal a day or just... Uh... Right now, zero, but it will be one meal. That's quite an adjustment when when did you start doing that? Uh, when I was sick last week, huh so what are your what are you using to get through the day like coffee, mineral water uh exactly both okay yeah, mineral water is really the best thing you can drink because you lose minerals when you're not eating uh, and you get dehydrated as well. Uh, well, you get dehydrated quicker, so you kind of replenish both with, by drinking that.
1: I'm trying to think of the name of the mineral water that I'm drinking. It's like, um, wasn't it like Gerolsteiner or something?
0: Uh, or that's, beer? Gerolsteiner is one of them. That's like a German one, I think.
1: Yeah, it's the weird named one, so it's got to be that one.
0: Yeah. And it has like little amounts of lithium,
1: and now I'm superstitious about that water. <laughs> and I attribute my ability to have minute amounts of patience to that water. <laughs> so I'm afraid to not drink it because I'm afraid that I'll um, just lose my shit.
0: Yeah, I I can't say for the other ones like uh, uh, like San Pellegrino and uh, uh, Perrier. Which one I've been drinking? No, oh, it is San Pellegrino. That's what I've been drinking recently. They have flavored ones that you can get from Costco that are pretty good.
1: Oh yeah, peach. Uh, who makes that one? Perrier.
0: Perrier is really like good. Eight flavors. I like the um the lime, the orange, which is like lime lemon orange, and uh. Uh, what's the other one? They have like a strawberry that's good too. I think the I've grape, had them all. The grapefruit one is okay. I don't really care for that one.
1: I think my favorite was... I don't really remember the lime, but probably the lime and the peach. I need to try the peach one. I going not have that one. I know that you uh, you can be picky about, I think, peach and apricot because you had an apricot pyramid beer that you thought tasted like burnt hair and I could totally see yeah. why you thought that <laughs> because it kind of resembles that yeah that's no good so it's possible that you may not like the peach to me that's my favorite
0: yeah I'll have to try it maybe I will like it
1: alright you want to talk about uh, nerd stuff sure So you told me about this Dissenter browser yeah. and I got kind of excited about the concept of all the free speech stuff. But then when I actually, because so this browser has the Gab uh, universal chat system built into the browser where you can just start up a chat on a particular web page. That's my understanding of how it works. Is that right?
0: I haven't messed with it too much. I, that's how Gab works, right? The extension, yeah, the browser extension. Right. Okay. Well, the the extensions, the, the extension is the center. Yes. So that I, now it's a full I blown browser. First. Correct. Okay. And they're working on an iOS one too.
1: But when I actually went to their website, gab.com, not the mm-hmm. Desenter browser one, that I submitted a pull request and got my uh, Desenter dash browser mm-hmm. homebrew cask committed so that is now uh on any mac that you have homebrew installed on you can brew cask install dissenter browser but then i looked at the gab website and when you go to the explore tab and you scroll down they have like these these news stories that nobody commented on and then you scroll down more and then it shows other people's popular posts and it really is rancid it's full of really
0: toxic shit yeah it is because they let anything go there was some guy like i i remember scrolling down there was some guy that was posting like like not like hitler stuff
1: my problem with this is i don't see anybody using this to post stuff about china so maybe the meme of this service hasn't hit mainland but there's lots of people that post subversive things in uh Twitter.
0: And then their posts get removed. Right. I don't know. So what are you implying that it's Chinese run? No. I just think that's an it's an anomaly. I
1: don't know. It's odd. I would think that people would be on this just they'd move in as fast as possible. Just makes me a little suspicious when it's entirely a U.S. perspective. Like all of the, the toxic shit is specifically targeted to people in the U.S. It's not like people in Greece complaining about not
0: having a job. Right. Hmm. I haven't been on Gab enough to like. I, I like Just the stuff that I've seen scratching the surface of the Explorer thing. It's just a lot of stuff that you see like, oh, yeah, that wouldn't be a lot on Facebook. Or Twitter.
1: Uh, there's a bunch of posts here that they really should just be part of a BOGO filter where they don't get surfaced because who the fuck cares about some of these things, right? Some people are just trying to be disruptive at, from the perspective of an admin of a game server, this type of stuff is just to get attention. The, the toxic stuff that I'm talking about and mm-hmm. they, those people are definitely eligible for the BOGO filter. You just, uh, you mute them or gag them so that people can still see it, but it doesn't hit the general population. I guess technically a BOGO filter is uh, where the person comments and then only they can see their comment, but they don't understand why nobody else is commenting, commenting back to them. But I'm talking, to con- the concept I'm trying to convey is like a uh, like a shadow ban on Twitter. They actually have that on Twitter.
0: Yeah, they t- the-
1: People talk talked about that. I don't know. I just think it's weird that this is on their popular post section. Did you hear that they're going to adopt Mastodon? Gab? No. Yeah. That's good. So, but I guess, yeah. And somebody else is developing the technology for him now. So that that's good in a sustainable context because
0: now it's they kind don't of, have to do the work. It's kind of funny how Gab has taken off in no, terms of notoriety, like when it first came out, it was like this this thing. It was like almost like a joke. It was like some guy That's got pissed off that because he got thrown off Twitter and uh, created his own thing, and now it's kind of not mainstream, but it's it's pretty well known now. In a negative sense.
1: Hopefully, the browser takes off and gives it a better image right I'm not using it yet because I haven't even launched it actually Um, there's no developer cert and no real way to confirm that the version you pulled from their website is authentic Mm
0: -hmm.
1: so I'm just not going to deal with their shit right now until they figure it out there's no syncing in that browser according to you which Not is yet. part of this right, right. dissenter browser. I guess I should elaborate more. It has that, uh, universal chat, the dissenter plugin built into the browser and it's based. This dissenter browser is based on brave and brave is based on chromium, which is the open source version of Chrome. So I like brave. I moved everything to brave. Brave has a sync feature that the dissenter guys, um, they don't have the infrastructure for it yet because they'd have to set up S3 buckets and stuff. And then you just cross your fingers that they're syncing stuff encrypted properly when it goes on their buckets. Mm-hmm. And maybe you could correct me on this open the dissenter browser. And then when you create a new tab in that little hamburger button in the top, right, you drop that down instead of a uh, new private window. Is there a new private window with Tor? Yes, there is. Oh okay, so they did build that in. That's good. Uh
0: it's not on the Mac one? Or, or that's right. You said you're not running it. I'm not yet. running it,
1: but I just wanted to see if they ported that particular section. Because check this out. Open uh a private window with Tor, and then go to I'm sending you a URL. It's a dot onion address that can only okay. be resolved routing through Tor. And then copy that and paste it into the uh the Tor version of the dissenter S- browser
0: site can't be reached so they're not they are they don't actually have tor then wait a minute oh i didn't do the tor one i just said yeah, you the, have to uh... do you have to do the
1: tor one it'll yeah. only route through the tor network it's thinking it's gonna be slow it's gotta be routed through like seven proxies bounced all around the world i don't know what the protocols changed since i last knew about it 10 years ago but Welcome to the CIA website? Yes. They. Okay, look at the URL. The URLs for a, a Tor website, which is an anonymous server that you can't geolocate because there's no IP address for this server. So, how mm-hmm. you access it is part of the magic of Tor. But this is an encrypted tunnel, multiple layers. You're you're bounced through one server to another server, and each server is blind to the previous servers, uh, at least past the second hop, And that way everybody loses track of your path through the network. Then you end up on the site. But the URLs for these Onion servers, these resources, they're randomly generated. And the one I just sent you is CIA.gov. It starts with that.
0: This website looks like worse than your average government website this is their legit website it looks very dated um
1: but they had to have generated random strings for like maybe two years until they found a string of random characters they just have to brute force it as far as i know until they got a string of random characters that started with cia.gov So they've put a bunch of computing resources at generating a one nine-digit-deep uh, uh, phrase by brute-forcing random strings until they got it. So they could have sat here forever on GUB with a B or something or a Q and just kept generating random strings past that because this is like a 100-character long... URL, the domain mm-hmm. name. Yeah. Anyway, I think that's amusing because that was a lot of work to get that that domain versus the uh, domain name system that we use today where you buy a domain with money. And in their case, they're kind of like earning it through just brute forcing it, generating it randomly. Uh, so on the uh, topic of security. Have you had anybody, any customers, any of the Windows customers get uh, owned through, well, you probably wouldn't know if it was through RDP, but it would have been uh, ransomware. Yes. As far as I know. Were they running, uh, is it Blue Keep? One of these new exploits is going through RDP because there's some flaw in the way the session's initiated that allows uh, remote code execution.
0: Yeah. We don't have any clients to like most of our clients that do RDP, at least the ones that we have on like under our managed services contracts, like where we're managing their antivirus and stuff like that. Um, they go through VPNs when they do RDP sessions. So, I don't know if that makes any difference for that exploit, but um, we haven't had any clients yet that have gotten owned. We have had clients have gotten CryptoLocker in the past, which is different, but when that's happened, we have backups in place that they can restore from. That's good. Yeah. The VPN
1: scenario would only help you if your firewall blocked every IP address, except for the VPN's IP. This is a okay. random door knock from somebody who just port scans the internet, finds a bunch of hosts, and then tries to exploit that open thirty three eighty nine or whatever port that the service runs on.
0: Isn't okay. RDP
1: thirty
0: three eighty nine? Yeah, it is. Okay,
1: it's Forwarded it out, uh, and then any of your virtual customers, um, any shared hosting environment. I don't know. It, it it's I guess these uh the Intel chip vulnerabilities that have, that were uh discussed in the last couple of weeks they only really affect multi-tenancy environments where you want isolation between different customers on a host and it uh, one customer can um deduce what another customer is doing to the point where they can figure out the web pages you go to and potentially extract cryptographic keys from memory so rather than dealing with more intel bullshit i was able to switch 55 percent of all the servers that i manage to amd and so many other people did this that the largest aws region u.s east the virginia region u.s east Mm. one i mean the east one a oh my god the uh the A availability zone is completely out of M5 AMD boxes. Wow. You have to use like availability zone C or F. So they have a region, which is Virginia, and then there's one, two, three. There's five different facilities in that one region, five availability zones because it's so big particularly uh US East
0: 1A wasn't the um the intel exploit due to the hyperthreading wasn't that there that something it was like, like that. a year ago or something like that yeah uh, hyperthreading did that ever i'm get sure officially fixed i don't or did they just i don't m- think any of it
1: is really actually fixed because this zombie one, the zombie load or whatever, the, the most recent one I'm referring to, uh, that also has to do with hyper The other ones were something to do with uh, predictive caching or something. And this is along the same lines because of hyper Okay. And supposedly AMD is not vulnerable to this one. But I think AMD is pretty responsive with their... Their firmware for even the GPUs. But I'm tired of rebooting, and all of the AWS AMD instances are just a hair cheaper and just a hair faster.
0: Yeah. Well, how are they only a little, a hair cheaper? I thought all AMD stuff is significantly cheaper than Intel. Well, I'm talking their hourly rate.
1: So, cumulatively, it's probably several, it's probably a a nice percentage less, like 10% less. Okay. I don't want to do the math on it. I've read things like the uh, T3 and the T3A instances, so the the latest Intel Xeon chipset and the latest AMD server chipset, whatever they're calling them now, is Ryzen or something. Mm. Um, The AMD ones... Are, I think, 10% less, 10% cheaper, and I think 10% higher performance. Hmm. okay.
0: So. Plus, they're not vulnerable. Um, right. That's the most important thing. 10% is significant, but it's not. I mean, that's not really affecting your bottom line as a company either. No, you're talking like ten dollars, right? Um. So there's some new Apple stuff that came out while we were gone the last couple weeks. Uh, new MacBooks, disappointment. Um. Why? I don't know how, just, they're just a lazy refresh, and then the the keyboard. They still haven't actually fixed it. They made it, I guess, slightly more reliable. I don't, I wasn't, they weren't really clear with what they actually did to fix the keyboard on them. Um, the specs are, I feel like you're forced to buy the 15 inch to get the spec bump that you want, like the the 13 inch is which. If I wanted to get a MacBook, that's what I would buy—a MacBook Pro. Um, they still are dual cores. They're still dual core i5s. No, they're quad. I don't think so. I think the base, the the one without the Touch Bar, is only a dual core. If you want to get the one with the Touch Bar, it's quad. The one without the
1: Touch Bar is Fool's Gold. That's not part of the lineup. That's like a why do you want a thing I, I, that just exists. You don't have to, they just, they force you to get the touch bar. I don't want, I want an escape key. That's what I want. I'll take a touch bar if I get an escape key. But you don't have a choice. No, no I don't. The escape key is very critical. It is the upper left of your keyboard. And because it's a touchscreen, if you even think about touching it to feel where the top the top left of your keyboard is, you touched the key and then the key isn't always there because now it's a screen. So that key that should be there could be like an undo button for all you know.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's, I, I, it's kind of cool using it, but at the end of the day, it's just another part that's going to fail at some point. And it's not very useful.
1: Sitting at a laptop would be the only way that would be useful. Because you can't use it as a de- at a desktop without, you know, glancing down away from your screen all the time. Right. I don't know. It's very confusing that that even exists.
0: Yeah. Uh, and then they announced another iPod, which is just a lazy this all they did was they changed out the internals kept the same uh enclosure and display from 4 years ago um i don't know
1: what do you think they're going to do for the iMac or the uh the Mac Pro
0: i don't know i'm not getting my hopes up though i hope it's all arm doubtful They said that they
1: will announce something, I'm pretty sure they said, in 2019. So it doesn't mean they're going to release anything. It could just be a preview for an ARM-based Mac Pro or a Mac Pro with undisclosed specs. And then for a year, you'll just be like, oh, is it Intel or is it ARM?
0: So what would they do? They would just like show what it looks like. And then they'll say that they're going to announce the specs at a later date.
1: Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I'm trying to think of what they did for the Intel, yeah, the PowerPC to Intel transition. And I want to say that the Mac Pro was first, but maybe it was the iMac. Wait,
0: first in regards to what?
1: Remember when they had those iMacs? That were white, the white polymer ones. You had one. You showed it to me in your trunk once. Oh yeah, yeah, It was like yeah, a yeah. G5 like
0: one, two thousand six or something.
1: Yeah. yeah. And then they started transitioning between two thousand five and two thousand six, and they they kept the same chassis, but they ran Intel ones. They just put the Intel chips inside, and that way, from the outside, all the machines looked the same. People weren't skeptical of the Intel one. Going and trying to get the power piece their hoard their power PC one, and that was a perfect transition. Same story with the transition from the quad processor power PC 970 FX. It was a 980. I don't know the uh, the quad processor G5, and then they transitioned over to the like eight core, the dual quad core Xeon.
0: Power oh, yeah, you had one of those, didn't you?
1: Yeah, I had a a dual processor G5 and a dual dual socket dual core Xeon. That was the uh the Mac Pro. So they switched the name but the enclosure stayed the same. Okay. It all really depends on how fast you estimate they could transition from Intel to arm. I bet it'll be in the next year and a half. They're going to start. I think this WWDC is like their 12 month shot over the bow as a warning. Cause you're going sh- to, th- this is the keynote where they're supposed to show off the, uh, the Marzipan apps. Cause if you're on your Mac and you pull up uh, the home kit app, that's an iPad app running on your Mac. And it's clearly hmm. a shit app it's terrible
0: uh, I didn't know they, they had a better. HomeKit app on the on the Mac they do yeah the latest can you uh, make a Mac, Mac a, a home hub
1: Ooh, I don't think so fuck Still have the speaker
0: on um, doesn't make any sense why can you make an iPad a home hub but not a Mac Macs go to sleep like legit
1: asleep because Intel they try to do power naps where it'll wake up silently, not turn the fans on, try not to get too hot for like five minutes and then do a bunch of stuff and then go back to sleep. So if you're actually, if you have mumble running on your uh, laptop or any of your Macs that go to sleep and have power nap, when it wakes up for that brief period of time, your mumble app will connect to the mumble server. You'll be sitting in a channel. Luckily the speakers are disabled. So it doesn't blast the audio into the room, but, Mm -hmm. um, we had somebody that would always connect and disconnect because they had a a MacBook Pro that would go to sleep, and they would just randomly join a conversation, and then we'd say hi. They didn't respond, and they'd disconnect five minutes later.
0: <laughs> uh, that's funny. Yeah. Well, they moved to Texas. Oh, okay. I think I know what you're talking about. <clears throat> um. So I, I think
1: that they'll have some, cr- I, man, something, some kind of Mac Pro that gives me wood so hard that you could hang a wet towel off of it with uh, a six <laughs> K
0: ultra wide Apple display. Yeah, they before they up the pixels, they need to come out with a at least a one hundred hertz display. I think that's a little I agree
1: I agree because I was playing some game recently uh, Xenotic and I had it all cranked up everything I was just kind of amazed that my GPU was able to handle um, a bunch of the crazy settings that you turn on but yet the frame rate was still a little bit low so it would go a little below 60 FPS because of how high I had everything cranked up I know I heard you bitching about it because we played together and any of the the lighting effects, like little light bulbs or something in a room in the game, when I would move with the lower frame rate, I would kind of see it smearing, but some of that has to do with the pixel response time. And I could feel your my internalized version of you pointing that out and making fun of me for my super expensive display, not looking as good as your 100 hertz display with all the motion
0: yeah yeah
1: there's a little internalized version of you it's like a little little devil from a cartoon and it harasses me (laughs)
0: like a little imp a little imp yeah (laughs) laughing at you (laughs) um yeah i i'm not i i get it for like editing work and um dealing with media and stuff like that how my 4k is better but honestly i i'm more than happy with 2k please 5k Okay, five k. Yeah, four
1: k is for, for uh, It's for plebs. It's for plebs.
0: It's commoners, four k. It's all about five k. I'm happy with with a two k display, depending on the uh, the size of the display. A 27 inch two k is more than good enough for me. I like ultra wide though. I would like to get another ultra wide monitor again soon, but. <clears throat> If they did an actual true 4K, so a um, 2160p ultra-wide, that would be cool. They could do 100 hertz. I don't know if there's... They exceed the bandwidth of DisplayPort. That's part of the problem.
1: DisplayPort only has so much bandwidth. Uh, you the could best, be Thunderbolt. Yeah, but it has the same amount of bandwidth. I think DisplayPort can use like 35 gigs. So you got five gigs of extra bandwidth. I don't have the numbers in front of me. I don't want to look it up because it uh, destroys the flow. You could look it up, consult the book of knowledge maybe. Um, But it's a little tricky to find because there's different specs of DisplayPort. Anyway, the newer ones, whatever the next DisplayPort is, if Apple comes out with the display, I'm sure it'll be using whatever that is, but uh, probably in a very proprietary manner. So it's going to just not work on anybody else's stuff. That, allows for chroma subsampling and uh, compression. So that would let them uh, send a a full resolution, like a 422 image where your black and white, your sharpness, the stuff your eyes are most sensitive to, um, would be really sharp. And then the colors would be half resolution, which would be terrible for any type of, actual graphic design work. Yeah. Or just pure compression minus the the chroma subsampling. Because display port right now is just raw pixels. There is part of the spec now, the option for compression. Hmm. So with the the right specialized chip like a GPU, you could compress just offload the compression onto that and then fit a little bit more bandwidth through that display port or thunderbolt
0: or you your, connectors? I was going to say, is your, the five K display that you have, that's HDR, right? No, it's not.
1: No, that's one of the rumors about the next Apple display is that it would have a micro led array behind it. So it'd be, uh, whatever the best LCD technology is with an array of a whole bunch of little led lights behind it. Like one of those Sony master series that are like seven grand.
0: I don't even know what, the, what Sony master series.
1: Yeah. Sony has a, a TV. Um, like they have different levels of TV and there's a master series. I know the Bravias. is it's like all I know. Yeah. The master series like start at seven grand holy shit yeah they go up to like 30 if you want a giant oled that's over 70 inches i think they have one or maybe it's the one that is 70 inches it's i think it's over 13000 dollars
0: looking it up sony masters
1: but the one i'm interested in is like there's sony masters z series which has a high resolution led array behind the lcd So rather than having a diffuser, normally LCD panels have like a polarizer and then LED lights hit a diffuser, which caused the light to spread evenly. So the whole panel is illuminated by one big strobe that just goes brighter or darker. And the LCD in front of that is able to restrict light and alternate the flow of light to make colors and stuff. And this wow. is roughly how I understand it. The Sony one I'm talking about has a bunch of LEDs with lenses pointed directly at the back at the LCD screen so that there, they can do local dimming to specific parts of the screen. Like an OLED, That's- but with the better LCD technology.
0: I'm looking at them right now. The Z nine series, and it looks like these start at eight hundred. How I don't much are as expensive as you were saying? Twenty eight hundred. Okay. Well, what size is that? Uh, they have a five thousand dollar one. That's a seventy five inch. And that's the LCD. LED. Yep.
1: HDR. Uh, LED backlight. I'm talking. I so don't that, know. It's that not is an LCD. Whether it, Oh, here we go. Bravia OLED. OLED is different.
0: Yeah, OLED 65 inches, 3,800. So the LCD is actually more expensive than the OLED. Uh, you got to get the larger size for the OLED. The OLED
1: one will will max out at some point, but the LED backlit LCD, but these shitbirds call them LED TVs. They're not, they're fucking, they're LCDs. Yeah. Uh, those, that I think is the one the one the best you won't have the oled burn-in problem um it's just a super mature technology with a real high-end backlighting technology that's the rumor Mm -hmm. that that kind of thing would be built into the apple display so they could have a uh, hdr lcd is the lcd on the ipad considered hdr I don't know. Did I say HDR? Yeah. The LCD, On the, is that HDR?
0: They know have that it, HDR it, LCDs, yeah. Because all, almost all the new 4K TVs are uh, HDR. I know, but they're bottom of the barrel HDR. Yeah, I mean, you get an HDR 4K TV for 300 bucks now. Like yeah, a 55 but that, inch. that is bullshit. It's not HDR. What they're doing... <laughs> They have a 10 bit color and the uh, was 10-bit it 44 4, dithering, 444 4, 4, 4 chroma.
1: Yeah, it's all lies. Are you
0: talking about the the master series or the? No, like the just the new HDR LCD 4K yeah. TVs.
1: I don't not for 300 bucks. I don't believe them.
0: No, I'm just saying, but they they have the 10 bit color and they have the 444 4, 4 chroma, okay. yeah, which is that that's awesome specs wise. That's good, but I don't know what it looks like in reality compared to those, uh, the Sony ones. So the nice thing
1: about having eight bits or above in your color space, in your, uh, bit depth of an image is the transition from one color to another or from light to dark in a color like light blue to dark blue. Across your whole screen. It doesn't have banding. It's a smoother transition. Mm -hmm. Because I think with 8 bits, you only have 256 shades of any color. And each bit is double the previous. So that would make it 1024 shades of blue. So the banding is definitely cut down i don't so- believe most of these panels can even display that i think they're dithering it hmm so it's really an 8 bit display and then they're trying to upsample with fake banding in between i don't really understand how it works that was pretty common people would sell lcd screens that they claimed were 8-bit or something and they'd really be 6-bit which is
0: radically different looking than an 8-bit. 8-bit's what my 4K TV is, but my 4K TV's 4 years old. So you're talking about 64 colors
1: on a 6-bit panel.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's way less. 64, not 64 colors, 64... Shades, 64 gradations, 64 values of of a particular color—red, blue, green—or alpha channel. So it's pretty low resolution. You likely to get banding. Uh, Other than that, all I've got is game stuff and uh, my adventures in un uh, in removing all of my email from spam that comes out of the helm. (laughs) I might as well talk about that right now. Apparently, uh, unless you're paying off all of these spam blacklisters so that you're whitelisted, all your email goes to spam. So you have to, imagine me with finger quotes, you have to warm your email. So I have to email all the major hosts, Google, Microsoft, Yahoo, and then So I have to make accounts and then I have to go and uh, remove my email from spam regularly so that my emails will be delivered. That's yeah. I think I I just have to build a reputation of not being a spammer. And then once my domain is known for not being a spammer, then my emails will go through with uh, Google apps right now. My emails went through pretty fast and I've, I've tried or what I'm, I'm trying right now is I'm putting all of my alerts and, and status updates and stuff like that through the helm so that it will, it'll email all the different providers for me. So it's like a newsletter, not a newsletter, but it's, it's alerts. And then I'll remove those from spam because I'm not going to do this manually. Yeah. I'd be a pain in the ass, but I think long term, that'll be fine. Um, because my email shouldn't be going to spam forever just intermittently. And then I have to fucking deal with it. Uh, The email client that I've been using with the helm is called Canary and it has built-in PGP encryption, which is cool. But then I found out it was made by a bunch of guys in India, (laughs) which doesn't, It doesn't mean that it's bad, but I'm a little suspicious of it. But there's nothing else that's as easy as it. And they did a bunch of things right. When you enable the iCloud syncing portion of the Canary app, it will use your iCloud account to store um, basically all your email accounts, but not your PGP key which is good. So when you open Canary on the Mac and you want to start using uh, like the automatic encryption or your own key, it'll ask you to import it. And then it will use, uh, I think Wi-Fi or maybe AirDrop or something. And it will... That actually, now that I think about it, I don't know how it's doing the transfer, but there's a manual import option or a manual import step where you can take your key that is hopefully in the uh, the keychain of your iPhone and then you import it to the Canary app on your on your Mac which seems like the right thing to do because it's not syncing over iCloud thank god yeah you should know. check out the Canary I, app it's pretty seamless like there's an automatic encryption mode which is pretty good
0: you're going at it right
1: now you basically are when you use the automatic mm-hmm. mode you're trusting canary to be your uh your key server and when you enter somebody's email it's just automatically checking the key server to see if they have a key listed there and then it pulls it down so it's only people within the canary network that this automatic mode would work um you can just import it at pgp key But I don't, I don't know. Right now it's interesting. I can, it's interesting as an experiment. I can write a email to myself and just save it in drafts. And then it sits on my, uh, my helm. So, you know, um, Petraeus. Yes. That bureaucrat.
0: Yeah. Uh, um,
1: The guy that was having an affair. Yeah. He would go into Gmail write a letter or write an email, save it as a draft. And then his girlfriend would log in and read the draft and then reply as a draft. (laughs) (laughs) Same concept. You can do that with Canary and your helm, your own little Hillary Clinton email server, and just uh, write yourself encrypted notes
0: without emailing him. There you go. Just an interesting experiment. Yeah, I I'm looking into because I definitely want to get off Gmail soon and uh, I would like to find an alternative because I've been kind of convinced into it listening to No Agenda lately. You can check out Proton. Uh, Proton Mail. Yeah, I heard about that one. Yeah, that one's known
1: for its encryption and stuff. This is pricey though, isn't it? I think you can create uh, free emails. Really, but if you're gonna host it yourself, don't uh and if you are because you're an idiot like me with uh are you using push to talk or is it cutting out
0: how do you remember when they Nvidia announced the RTX cards how they were supposed to like ray tracing was part of the yeah. Hey, I think my connection
1: dropped out for a second there.
0: So you must have been killing dead air.
1: So you're talking about Uh, Quake stuff now?
0: Yeah, so uh, NVIDIA, when they announced their RTX line of cards, Ray Tracing was one of the features, but they didn't have any games that supported it. And so, oddly, the first... As far as I know, it's the first official game that is going to support it is... A game that's over 20 years old, which is Quake 2. They open sourced it, that's why. I don't think so, though, because you have to still buy the game.
1: The assets, all of the copyrighted skins and music and stuff, that's copyrighted. The game engine is free, and you can play Quake 2, but
0: reskinned. Well, same with Quake 3, technically, right? Yeah, Quake 3, yeah. So all why would they go with Quake Two over Quake Three? I don't know.
1: I I think that when we played Xenotic, that might be based off Quake Two.
0: And no, it has a bunch game, of
1: that stuff built in.
0: That game is way more modern. That was like Unreal Engine. That was like Unreal Engine three.
1: Let's consult the book of knowledge.
0: It looks way more modern than that would be surprised. Quake 2 is old. Quake 2 is like 90... Quake Engine. Modified version of Quake
1: Engine known as Dark Places Engine.
0: Is it Quake 3 or Quake 4? Like, it just two says Quake is... Engine. Like, probably Quake 1. I don't know how they could take that in, like, 20-year-old engine and make it look that good. Actually, it's older than that. It's like 25 years old. 97, I think, It's Quake 2. There were still 2D games. Like people were playing 2D games at the time. Like all the buzzer games. Yeah. <laughs> Doom. Doom was like 93 or 94. That was 2D. Um I don't know. The looks the game looks really cool though with ray tracing. Makes it look completely different. Valve used the
1: Quake engine. We're talking about Quake One, I think
0: uh y- did they use the quake engine for half-life one
1: yeah yeah it's the quake engine i'm looking at a graph here on wikipedia it says i'll send you a link uh i'll have to put this in the show notes. I thought it
0: was source 1.0 so they engine used one. valve uh
1: first engine created by valve so they created the gold source engine gave rise to the source engine Hmm. And the Dark Places engine is the one that's used for uh, Xenotic,
0: I guess. And if you Is there look a reference the, of any other games it was used for?
1: Yeah, look at the graph on that link I sent you. Oh, Wikipedia. I didn't see There's that a, an image shows Quake at the top, and then it breaks off into GL Quake. Then there's Quake World, and then Quake 2, way down the line. But above that, there's a whole bunch of games that are uh, built off that engine. Interesting. Nexuiz. That game they sell that in Steam. That's also built on the Dark Places
0: engine. Isn't Xenotic the free like open sourced fork of what Nexuiz is? I think you're right. Because Nexuiz is, is Unreal Engine. It says right here
1: It can't be I thought Dark that was Places the- engine. GL Quake.
0: Huh. See it on the graph? Yeah, I remember the Soldier Fortune games. Those are great. You could like dismember people. There's like a kind of like Rambo game. He plays like a uh, special operation, special forces guy, and you would just go around and methodically murder all your targets. I kind of remember that.
1: Did you ever play Hotline Miami?
0: Yeah. That yeah. 2D. It's a methodical murder game too. Or no, it wasn't roguelite. It was um, uh, It's a top-down hack and slash. It was permadeath though, wasn't it? Like you had to
1: restart mm, every time? No. I died so many times in that game. You run through buildings clubbing people to death, wearing like a chicken mask, and you eventually start to go kind of crazy and you can't really tell what's reality. And then there's this point where I stopped playing where I can't tell if I beat the game because it exited to the main menu and everything was in Cyrillics. So it was all in like fucking Russian. Was
0: this fucking with you? It's part of the Breaking, game. I don't know. Breaking break whatever it is. Fourth wall. Fourth or, wall. Yeah.
1: I'm not sure. Very strange game, but excellent soundtrack. Very uh, 80s. Is it, would that be New Wave? That whole 80s, great.
0: vaporwave sound look. You know what I mean. Yeah. They made a second one of those, didn't they? Yeah. I actually never played it. I bought it because I like the game
1: so much, but I'll have to get around. So anyway, to doing that.
0: I'm at the uh, land next weekend. Someone there that, I think Alan has an RTX card. He needs to download Quake 2 or buy it. It's like five bucks. And then he needs to play that because it'll be out. I think it comes out June 6th, the RTX update.
1: And so you actually pay for Quake?
0: Yeah, you buy Quake, it's 5 bucks on Steam and then there is an update like uh, I think it's part of the Nvidia drivers. It's a mod that runs alongside the game and it ray traces everything. So what does that mean? It just has better lighting? Yeah, it's there's lighting added into every edge like every surface so it rounds things out and makes things look newer and sharper. It's interesting. I want to see it in effect. Fa- I want to see I want to see the performance too. Curious about that because it might run like ass. For a fast-paced game like that, you need it to be uh, running smoothly. Yeah. Um split gate arena. Yeah, that it's an interesting game. It's portal meets Unreal Tournament meets Halo. The maps are smaller. Fuck that. Uh, it's
1: tribes. There's the game is
0: a jetpack arena. The movement's very slow compared to tribes. Tribes was slow. You would gain momentum with the fucking sliding around. Yeah, they just uh, don't have any
1: big maps. It does remind me of Halo, though. But the the skins and stuff, these are total tribes. Oh, shit. Oh, oh my God. That went into the recording. the hell was that? <laughs> Actually, I don't even know if I... Yeah, I do pipe brave into it. Yeah. Oh, well. That was part of the intro video. I didn't mean to click on that one. Oh. Uh. I wonder if they have any kinetic weapons like the
0: disc launcher. They do not. It's mostly like assault rifles and railguns, rocket launchers, things like that. And yeah. Splitgate.
1: Their image, where they were the show the two guys facing each other, it looks like uh, Blood Eagle
0: versus Diamond Sword. Uh, the factions and tribes?
1: Yeah. And they have jetpacks. There are a lot of games that inspired this and the whole portal thing is really cool.
0: Yeah. You drop people through portals. It's only on certain platforms though. Oh yeah. Windows. Yeah.
1: Certain platforms. There's only one.
0: No, no, no. I mean only like you can only use portals on like certain panels like, Oh, like in port, you know how in Portal you can only use them on the white walls. Yeah. It's like that. Did you read the reviews? Yeah, they're not that great. I think they're mixed. People as far as I can tell, it didn't run that bad on my machine. I don't remember it running particularly great either. It just seemed like it ran okay. It's probably not optimized. I think it's an early access game.
1: games. Ah, shit. I bet you this is Chinese garbage.
0: Yeah, I think it's 10 cent games, isn't it?
1: Uh, 10.47 games. There's a number. Halo meets Portal. That's what it says on their website. Oh, man. I'm going to get blasted by music again. Let's see. Where's their headquarters? Beijing. Is it really? No. I don't know. Shanghai. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's got to be 1047 because all the Chinese companies use numbers in their names. Let's see.
0: Headquarters. St. Petersburg? Oh, the Russian. That are Russians. St. Petersburg? Where is that? Where It's Russia. So,
1: wait, wait. No, no. I don't know this 100% yet. Because when I search it on their like, I can't do a find on their page. Where th- it said it in the DuckDuckGo sucks sometimes. I want it to be good. Okay, I'm gonna do this on Google. Uh, I'm not. I'm not seeing it.
0: Hmm. All right. Let's call it. Okay, we should have a good show next week because that's when all the WWDC stuff will. Yeah, is out. it? Uh, it's next Tuesday. Yeah. Okay. Bring it's your important.
1: wallet dot. Bring your wallet dot com slash contact for feedback and suggestions. Bring your wallet dot com slash donate to support the show and share the show. See you next week.
0: Signora.